Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. We are live-ish, as live as you can get, I suppose. It is episode 155. You are joining us. And uh, hello, Alan. Good evening, Mr. Goodger. How are you? I'm, I'm better than you, clearly. Why better than me? Oh, just because I always am. Okay. I'm not going to um, argue the point, you know. I'm, I'm sure you've got some sort of very valid, well-thought-out legal argument. Well, to be fair... I had an email tonight. Right. And it's come from my favourite holiday destination resort. Which is? Butlins. Hey, I paid a month's payment. Hey, your month's payment for Butlins. We're going to Butlins. We're going to... I've never been before. I, I love the, the way that <laughs> when I asked Chris about Butlins, and he went, well, it's obviously not like Disney World. He said, um, he said the biggest thing you notice is the kids. And when you go to Walt Disney World and you meet a character, the kids are there to go and say hello to the characters and to get photos taken with them. For Butlins, they're there to kick their head in. So, Pretty you know, much. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to my first ever Butlins trip later on in the year. Oh, um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Like, obviously, you go to Disney and there's a high quality there. The, the characters are fantastic. Yeah. The entertainment's amazing. Butlins is good too. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us. Um, it is, as I've said, 100, episode 155. You join me and Alan. And a little bit later, we've got our special guest is joining us, Jeff Heimbuck, who's going to be talking a little bit about the work that he's done, the books that he's written, and also the podcast he does, which is uh, Communicore Weekly. And he had the opportunity a few years back now to write a book, um, almost like an aid memoir in a way, with the Disney Imagineer, Roly Crump. So we're going to talk to him about that, about his new book that's out, and about all the other stuff that he's going to be doing. And he's going to be taking part in some of the stuff later on in the show. Of course, we have to thank our sponsors, which is Orlando Attraction Tickets. That's www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. And our new, our other sponsors, Scooter Vacations, which is www.scootorlando.com. Right, what we got for you on this show? Well, we've got some Disney news and rumours, which will be coming up in a few minutes. We're then going to be going through the Disney Brit cook-off as we um, talk about the latest... Uh, kind of really nice thing we made which was banana bread pudding nice. Jeff's going to join us uh, we're going to do Disney's ultimate attraction and then that's where we're going to finish the show so that's pretty much everything for today so without any further ado I'm guessing it's time for some news isn't it sounds right here we go it's news time good morning sir good morning Zazu checking in with the morning report fire away Oh dear. 
the poor Incredibles were temporarily halted there, and I have no idea why. Uh, it coincided so, with me coughing as well, and I thought, oh, no, I've killed my machine. No, you didn't. It's just my rubbish machine that's slowing down this evening. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Disney news then. So we've got Bye Bye Vinyl, 2015 Nights of Joy, and Alan... Interact with Pam. Right, so by by vinyl, yes, is um, slightly sad news in a way that uh, there seems to be rumours going around that Vinylmation is on its way out. Could this be the beginning of the end for Disney Vinylmation? What's happened recently is uh, there's been an announcement that the Vinylmation trading has been removed from the annual Epcot trading event, and also there's uh, been uh, reports that from the 5th of February uh, they're going to be removing all of the trading boxes from merchandise locations within the parks. So these two things coming together are obviously a big, huge deal to those collectors, and it seems that this could be the beginning of the end for Disney Vinylmation. I'm sad by this. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, it'd be interesting to see whether they now think it's at a point where, you know, Vinylmation clearly isn't making the money that it used to, and, and maybe it's not worth the time and effort that's been put into it by the Disney Design Group in order to get it fixed and done and ready. And, and I, I, I would say, I, I think there's still money there. I think people still collect them, and there's still lots of interest. But I would say that after all the series that they've done, they may be starting to scrape the barrel on ideas. Yeah, it could be that. I think particularly with um, when we talk about uh, some of the special kind of uh, special edition ones that basically had absolutely nothing to do with Disney. Like sushi. Yeah, sushi ones and like the candy ones and all these sort of different things. That they, they seem, whether or not they've kind of gone too overboard with those sort of things and people don't necessarily want to collect them. You know, from a point of view of a Disney fan, I want to collect Vinimation that are Disney related. Not yeah. Disney figures, but they're not. They're kind of like in, in the shape of Mickey, but that's as far as it gets. Have they, have they pretty much covered all of the attractions? No, and, I don't um, think so. They've probably still got quite a few to go, I would think. Uh, and they've done a lot of the retro attraction things like that. The problem is, um, this is my, one of my biggest gripes, is the fact that you can't actually get hold of a a, uh, a Disney Parks vinyl in this country. You know, Disneyland well, Paris. Apart from eBay. Well, if you've got an eBay, you can do it that way. But actually, to collect them, you know, uh, the Disney Store website had next to nothing vinylmation-wise for so long. And I, I kind of stopped checking on there, to be honest, because I was always like, there's nothing on there. And we never had any park vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get them in Disneyland Paris. It costs a small fortune. And obviously, you get them to go to Walt Disney World. But other than that, that was that was it. And, and to be honest, the park vinyl stuff is the stuff that I would really wanted to have collected. Yeah. And it was the one thing that I really couldn't collect. So I think, you know, if there is really a demise of Vinylmation here, I think part of the, the blame, in a way, could be put on the fact that Disney didn't really expand their a level of, of merchandise to the UK and the ones that people over here might have bought they've not had the opportunity to if they haven't gone out to, to the parks mm, I, I see what you're saying there but in reality if you're a real I'm not, I'm, I'll be careful I'll try not to offend anyone if you're a, a real Vinylmation collector yeah and you went out at Walt Disney World. Yeah. You, you would buy 60 or 80 and put them in your suitcase. Yeah, you might do. And, you know, I'd go out and I'd buy a few while I was out there. You know, I've got a good collection. I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near to the standard of some people are. You How know, many have you got? I've got 60, 70 maybe. No, probably about 60, I would think. Nah, one or two more than me then. How many you got? Four. Oh, okay, yeah, just a few more than you then. 
Um, so, looking at the Disney Store website now, they've got a, a good collection on there at the moment. Again, not all of them I would be interested in. You've got um, the Cinderella, you've got 101 Dalmatians, you've got Big Hero 6 Vinylmation, which are They're awesome. quite cool. I love them. I want a Baymax one. And I want a Baymax fighter one as well, which would be awesome. Oh, they've, they've got two Baymax? Oh. Yeah, they've got the standard Baymax, and they've got Baymax when he's in his Big Hero 6 costume. Do you, do you not think his head looks a bit like a little rattly bell? <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Just a little bit. Um, they've also got the Christmas Carol series, uh, the Vinylmation Pixar villains, the Toy Story figure series 2, uh, Vinylmation robots. See, again, Vinylmation robots, they're cool, but they're not that Disney related so to speak uh, they've the got robots? The, the, the robots the series oh, yeah. 4 you've got a Vinylmation Christmas figure from 2013 um, and then you've got the villain series on there as well now I'll tell you which ones I like mm. on this and I'm, I'm trying to get the pictures uploaded on, on, onto my screen but it's not working you know same usual stuff of not. Um, the Aladdin Junior key rings yeah, they're cool, but again, I, um... I, I, th- I think they're cool, and it's a great collection to have. But at two pound less than a full size, yeah, I know that's the problem. How expensive? I'd prefer to have the full size one. Yeah, I would as well. So uh, it's sad. It could be the end of animation as we know it. Uh, mm. But we will, we will wait and see and see what happens, you know. But if it is the end, I've got some nice limited edition ones here that I could sell for a small fortune. That's fine. Yeah, I've got a. Um, Who's it called? Is it Mr. Pork Chop or something? Pork Chop, yeah, from uh, Toy Story. I'm going to have a look on the, the bottom of it to see if it says. It must be Series 1, I think that one is. I don't know. I just know my kid likes chewing on it. <laughs> yeah, Apparently not. it was a chaser. That's probably not going to sell for a lot if they've been chewing it, to be honest with you. Yeah, Mr. Bacon Chop. We'll let you know anyway what's going on with regards to that and whether or not uh, there's going to be any changes uh, with regards to the animation. We'll, we will see. Right, quickly moving on to the Magic Kingdom again, uh, Night of Joy. Uh, they've announced their performance for 2015, and it's going to be the 33rd Night of Joy. Tickets are now on sale. What, what songs did Night of Joy sing? Uh, it's not Night of Joy, the band. It's the actual night. It's a Christmas oh. music festival. So they've announced the following. Friday, September the 11th, Toby Mac, Mercy Me, Jeremy Camp, Colton Dixon, Big Daddy Weave, Francesca Battistelli, Rend Collective, and I Am They. And on Saturday, it's going to be Skillet, Lacroix, For King and Country, Mandissa, Matt Mayer, Jamie Grace, Seventh Time Down, and Veridia. So there we go. Hmm. I'll be honest. Yeah. Don't know anything. The only one I've heard of there is uh, Toby Mac. Toby Mac, okay. When are you coming back? <laughs> I don't think it's that one. I've heard of Mercy Me. But I haven't. It. And Big Daddy, Big Daddy Weave isn't Big Voodoo Daddy, by the way. Uh, um, I've met someone called Mayor before. Oh, yeah. What, the Mayor of... <laughs> Mayor of Main Street. No, the mayor. The mayor is not the same person. That's definitely somebody oh, different. Wow. Uh, if if you're into that sort of thing, surely these will be like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I guess so. Most people they will know what they are and, and be like, that's cool. It sounds really good. But I don't. I've got no idea. Is it is it the equivalent of oh oh no? I got excited there for a second. Sorry. Why did you get excited? What about? I thought I saw a um, a, a map showing all details about Night of Joy. No, that's last year's. When I was, um, you know, when you go around Disney World and there's all sorts of um, tour groups. Yes. And they're all wearing bright coloured tops yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, tour groups and things like that, yeah. Well, um, I was at Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom once when uh, the Night of Joy Night happened. Yeah. And there I was just going around the park and all of a sudden everyone that was in the 
queues next to me had orange wristbands. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't have any. I didn't have any, and then slowly <laughs> we would get ushered out to the park. Brilliant. So you got the wrong... You should have had a wristband on, and you didn't have a wristband on. You got in trouble for not having a wristband. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But, you know, it's it's what happens it is on the September the 11th and 12th. There we go. So that's coming up. So what's going on with Interact with Pan, Alan? Well, why don't you interact with Pan, Shall I we? say? Let's do it. Peter Pan's Q ride. Peter Pan's Q ride? Q line. Q line? Pie. Q-line pie. Yeah, don't make that. Right, okay. Now, Peter Pan has always had a ridiculous, ridiculous queue. Yes, it has. And it's... I'm, I'm the sort of person that tries to avoid the queues. Yeah. Because I've my life's too short. You know, if you're going to stand there for an hour to get on a two-minute ride, yeah. I'd rather just walk around the park and do no rides. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, however, they've started to add all the interactive elements into all the different yeah. attractions around the uh, Magic Kingdom. And Peter Pan's queue had have a, had a major overhaul. But they kicked out the Fantasyland toilets, didn't they? Yeah, they kicked out the toilets. Built Which tangled. went into the new building. Yeah. And then the queue was refurbished. Yes. Now, I think this opened a couple of months ago. Uh, what, the queue itself? Yes. I don't think the queue's quite been open that long, has it? I, I think it was about two months ago. I could probably double-check into this for there. Facts are boring, so... Yeah, I don't need them. We'd rather make this stuff up. So, yeah, the, <laughs> and when it had opened, all the interactive elements weren't live. But no, apparently they've now activated the interactive elements. So what you can actually do is you walk through the Darling's house and you go through the home and the nursery and you get to see Tinkerbell and Peter Pan play with all the items within the queue. But you guests can also, I believe, I've never actually seen this yet, I've just read it. Yeah, it's great. Use their shadows to interact with elements in the ride. Yes. There's a, a one section where there's a, a wall that's lit up and it's got bells hanging from the top of it. There's a shadow of bells. And then right. your shadow can reach up and touch the bells. And if you touch them, it makes them ring. So your shadow can hit a shadow? Yeah. That is pretty cool. That's that. quite clever. I would press um, play on this video in front of us, but I would be quiet for the next five minutes. Yeah, well, you disappear. <laughs> just like just play some music while Alan just watches the video back. Yeah. This, I've got I've got to say that I think what they do with the queues is absolutely amazing now because like, even Haunted Mansion, you know, there's a short queue so you can avoid all the interactive elements. Yeah. But in reality, I'd rather just go around that queue and have the full experience now. Yeah, no, it's, I like to try and do that at least once, you know. Um, when I went to Disneyland Paris back at Christmas, um, I could have got a fast pass and got on the ride quite quick, much quicker and I could have also done the single rider line and got on much quicker and it was a two hour wait for the queue but I wanted to experience the queue at least once uh, to find out what it was all like and and seven hours later you couldn't try it again anyway yeah that's true and next morning there was no point trying it was massive queue but um, I like some of the elements they've got here the Tinkerbell thing's brilliant you know and, and how detailed it is there's um, I don't know whether you've seen a moment with the chest yes oh I love Tinkerbell's chest um, and basically Tinkerbell's chest lights up um, so she, she kind of disappears into a keyhole and it looks like she's got stuck inside and then suddenly she hits a chest and parts of it pop up yeah. um, and it, the, it kind of looks the, like she's trying to get out of the top the lid doesn't it yeah the lid moves up but the thing thing was the lid doesn't like fly open it just lifts up about yeah, maybe supple. half an inch or something yeah, yeah, yeah something like that it's very very subtle which is absolutely quite clever, clever. Uh, and then she kind of gets stuck in a drawer and stuff like that and it's all 
you know, very clever technology in the way that it works. And then obviously you've got the shadow stuff, and Peter Pan appears with this shadow as well. Um, and then a little bit further on into the queue, you actually stood in a queue and, they, and it keeps sprinkling pixie dust on you. Not real pixie dust, obviously. Um, I'd like to hear what actually happens, though, because they could, they could add an element of, like, I don't know, a fine mist of water coming down onto you. you imagine if, if the ride went 101, right, or there was a protein spill or whatever it is, yeah. uh, and you're stuck in that particular part of the queue, and with, with every time there's there's uh, pixie dust, you get wet. And, like, you stood there for, like, oh, Slipping all over, and yeah. you're getting the waft of 101 protein spill. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that would be a cue that I would like to avoid then. Yeah, so let's not think, let's not do the mist. Mist is oh, not. Oh, be a fantastic idea. though. Yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? But it's um, it definitely looks like a, a decent new queue, So hopefully, um, that will uh, will only get better, and maybe there's some things there still to unveil, which would be good if it is. Is there any attractions that haven't got interactive queues now? Yeah, there's still quite a few that haven't. You can ask me to name. It's one a small now. world. Small world's not got one yet. Um, Splash the, Mountain they they wouldn't have room for one, would they? No, probably not. Because you just walk down a, a gangplank onto your, the boat of doom. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that, but yeah, something along those lines. Right, let's look at uh, park refurbs then before we go into interactive queues of the whole Disney parks. <laughs> so uh, Cinderella's Royal Table closed for renovation until the 6th of March. Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid is now closed until the 6th of March too. Carly Varefa Rapids has been closed. It's just reopened literally in the past couple of days, so you don't have to worry about that one. Flame Tree Barbecue is now closed until March 31st, and Creature Converse is closed to become a Starbucks location expected to reopen sometime around the 14th of June. Right. Are they going to sell drink in there? They, they might do, you never know. I've got because, it at Downtown Disney. And because I'm uh, not, uh, uh, you know, don't want to hog everything, I'm going to give you Disneyland Paris. Um, oh, thank you very much, Mr. Goodger. You're welcome. You, you clearly know that I excel in French. Well, we know this, yeah. Do, do, you, do you know what I got in my GCSEs in French? What'd you get? F. Oh, what, F for French? F for French. There you go. Do you know what I got for English? Uh, G. No, it was E. Oh. Oh. No, actually, I didn't. I got a C. Anyway... So, over at Disneyland, Paris's Disneyland Park. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go on. Le Mystery de Nautilus is closed all month. <laughs> I went a bit far there. <laughs> Space Mountain Mission 2. Closed all month. God, it's going to be poor. <laughs> no wonder they're trying to get people through the door in, in February. It's, cause it's like, like, I've gone all the way to Disneyland Paris. Space Mountain shut. What am I going to do? Yeah. Oh, my first interaction, my first idea is... Quick to the Nautilus. Yeah, quick. Gets, oh, it's shut. It's shut. Can't believe there was a queue for that when I was there at Christmas. Uh, Autopia is closed from the 1st to the 6th of February. Uh, yeah, 1st to 6th of February. So it's only a couple of days and it opens. Oh, oh, good. I've already bypassed the first two weeks of February. I'm, I'm well beyond there in my mind. Right, okay. Captain EO is closed on the. It's closed for about one more one more day, maybe two more yeah. days. Yeah. I was going to say Dozy M, but I think it's uh, just second. Yeah, that's second. To the fourth. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jr., Le Petit Train de Cirque is yep. closed from the 1st to the 6th. Le Petit de Conte Fay. I love that. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Great, isn't it? Storybook boat. <laughs> it's basically... It's something to do with fairies, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the pay, the countries of the... I can't remember. I would like to say it's the beach of something fairies. No, it's not beach. That's plage. Fairy tales. Le Tale du Ferry. You know what? You could put it in a Google and it'll tell you. Anyway, keep going. Um, <laughs> Thunder Mesa Riverboat Landings. Yeah. 
that is um, closed for another couple of days. Sixth of February, it's open, or it's open on the seventh. Make sure you yeah. go the seventh. Don't Number risk it the early, day early. Yeah. Uh, Le Voyage de Pinocchio is closed on the ninth to the twenty-earth, and then we have the well Disney Studios Park with a little cut. Yeah. It'll be uh, closed. Studio Tranto behind the magic is going to be closed on the first to the sixth. And Armageddon Le Effect Special is closed on the 4th to the 6th. There you go. So that's everything that's closed. Uh, and that is the news. So we're going to take a very quick break. And when we return, we will um, do... We're going to look at our banana bread pudding as part of the Great DB Cook-Off. We shall return in a second. So the snowman says, that's funny. I can smell carrots too. <laughs> okay, anyway, now it's it's time for some serious work. Guest experience improvements. Right, we've started that many projects and not finished them. We have secret projects that we haven't even explained yet and not announced them. We're ready to start another installation of improvements. But surely we've nearly exhausted our idea barrel. Where are we going to get the new ideas from? Don't worry. I have a secret weapon. Hi, Sarah. Um, will you send in helping hands? Hans, we've allocated 47 million to your development fund, and I believe you're ready to unveil our secret weapon. This is correct. Your cash donation was a bit on the small side, but it was just managed to come within the budget. Here is your five cents cash back. I really think this time we will really have the universal sweating in their Florida sun chat now. <laughs> you will have to excuse me for two minutes while I go and get the weapon. Do we know anything about the project? Nope. Hans insisted on total privacy and wouldn't let... Okay. Behold the Mouska Brainstorm. <gasps> We've had the best team of Disney Imagineers working on the Mouska Brainstorm. We have written the most complicated algorithms into the project and employed the highest level technicians to implement such cutting edge technology. Hans, you've excelled yourself again. Tell us, how does it work? You will notice the large purple wheel has 200 titanium alloy rods attached to its perimeter. Yeah. In between each rod and the next rod is a picture. Each picture represents a different part of Walt Disney World. Uh -huh. By exerting some pulling force on the rod, we can accelerate the wheel into a spinning motion. This, in turn, sends the... Um, uh, we, we spent four weeks working on this part. Hang on a second. Uh, yes, that's right. We call it... The clacker. The clacker flaps and slaps each titanium alloy rod in turn and provides a braking system onto the wheel. 47 million? Less five cents. Shh! Silence. The categories that we are looking at on this wheel is uh, health. Uh-huh. Okay, we, there's been a few health issues recently and we want to make sure we get that sorted out. Uh -huh. This is represented by a picture of someone sneezing. Uh-huh. We've analysed that guests are spreading far too many germs. Okay. Uh-huh. Frozen, this is the next category. We have a picture of one of the snow princesses. Uh-huh. Uh, we have crowds. Crowds is also 
we, we, we still need to have like too many or not enough. Uh huh. So uh, we've got a picture of some people are pushing and they're booming against each other. I hate that. I hate that when people get in your personal space. You know what I mean? Keep keep your distance. Uh huh. We've got uh, Disney Cruise Line. We've got a picture of the sea. Uh huh. And uh, the little tiny daisy flowers. It's, it's it's looking at the nature. Our, our big, big Disney natural nature is not natural enough. Like our Florida African swamp plant needs to be more African Florida swamp plant. And what's that picture of you for? I, I get to spin the wheel again. Okay, so the idea is we spin the wheel. No, I spin the wheel. Okay, Hans activates the mouse brainstorm, and wherever it lands, we implement an improvement within the next six weeks. Six weeks? That, that's not the Disney way. Six weeks. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> Okay, uh, we, we wait for the wheel to slow down a little bit through the braking force, and uh, I, w- I will try to explain what is happening, okay? It's uh, still a bit too fast, and I can't see the pictures. Okay, as uh, sneeze, no, sorry. Sneeze, see, no, hang on a second. Da- Daisy, right, slowing down a bit more, two seconds. Okay, here we go. Hand sneeze on a boomsy daisy. Hand sneeze on a boomsy daisy. Hand sneeze on a boomsy daisy. Hand sneeze on a boomp. Boomp. Crowds. Crowds. That's it. All right. Listen up, everybody. Our selected project is to improve crowding at Walt Disney World. You have six weeks. Do not fail me. Imagine knowing where your room key was 24-7. Imagine walking straight to the front of a crowded theater. Imagine dining with your family and friends without ever touching your wallet. Imagine if all the features you loved got more complicated. Welcome to Disney's My Magicker Magic Plus Plus. We've added more magic and more plus to your old Disney experience. When you thought it couldn't get any more confusing, try My Magicker Magic Plus Plus on for size. Let's start 290 days out from your Disney vacation. You will now be able to book your ADR Plus reservations. This means in 100 days from now, you will have first choice at the advanced dining reservations. Think of it like a reservation for a reservation. That is, a position in line for the next available table. You will be seated shortly. Next up is My Magic Band Plus Ankle Band. The Ankle Band is a GPS trackable and will allow us to trace your movement around the parks. You will now be able to locate your family and friends as well as follow Mickey's actual footsteps. PhotoPass Plus Plus. PhotoPass enabled you to be in your family's photos instead of taking them. PhotoPass Plus enabled us to store them and group them more efficiently while adding your Disney character friends into the shots. PhotoPass Plus Plus as Disney strangers into your Disney photos. They're only a stranger until you've never met. And finally, our flagship addition to the whole My Magicker Magic Plus Plus experience. FastPass Plus Plus. The old FastPass meant lining up at machines to get a time allocation to start lining up at an attraction. FastPass Plus took out the machines and allowed you to book online. FastPass Plus Plus has brought back the ticket machines you love so much. Simply book your time slot to start lining at the machines online up to 60 days in advance. You'll gain faster entry to the machine if you allocated your time attraction slot. Disney, making family vacations complicated.
Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Hey, I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves a best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. Yeah, it's time to talk about fruit, fruit, but not veggie, veggie, because we are talking about uh, the Disney Brit cook-off. And um, two weeks ago, we asked you to have a go at creating the banana bread pudding as Fanny Boma, and we all gave it a go, didn't we, Alan? Oh, yes, we did. We enjoyed it. It it was a lovely project to be part of. It was a lovely project to be part of. And uh, so basically, it's a little bit like a bread and butter pudding you get in, in Britain, except for you don't have any raisins in it. Rather than using bread, we use croissants, and it's covered in like an, uh, create, you kind of covered in like almost a custard, and that all sets, and it all makes this great, big, wonderful, congealed, lovely pudding. How, how big was your tray? Uh, nine by nine. You followed the recipe exactly? Well, we hadn't got a tray to put it in, so I went and bought one that was nine by nine. All oh, right, okay. I think mine was about, I don't know, about 15 inches by about 9 inches. Okay, so yours was slightly larger than mine. Yeah. Um, and arguably I might have put more um, ingredient in as well. Okay, well I kind of followed it to the, to the letter and put exactly in what it said. Um, and I think it worked out extremely well. Um, so much so that uh, we've been eating it for several days. And there's still more to go. There's still more to go, yes. There's a little bit left now, I think. But bear in mind, you know, we've subjected our kids to it already. We're going to do exactly the same thing this time. Just let me play this. Listen listen to this. Okay, Harry, we've made a banana bread pudding, and I want you to give it a try. Okay? Well, that's the sort of thing we've subjected our children to. The fact that Harry's going, oh, when I'm trying to feed <laughs> not him Not again. Not again. Can we not do it anymore? So, basically, we, uh, we made the banana bread pudding, and we fed it to our children. So, let's find out what the kids thought of it. So I'm going to find out what Imogen thought. Here she is. Right. What's that taste like? You what? Yummy. Yummy. And what is it? what flavours are there? Banana. Uh-huh. Creamy. Creamy. Um, what's, it, what's it like in texture? Is it... Okay, so that was what Imogen thought. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised she actually managed to detect creaminess out of it. Uh, I'm impressed, though, that she did. So what about Abby? Let me just make sure this is working. Two seconds, Abby, two seconds. Can I just do the cake? 
Yeah, you've got to do the cake. And the sauce. And the sauce. See, so we've got, we've got a sample in front of you so you can taste the cake and the sauce. You can do it separately or you can do it together if you want to. Should I get a bit of you? <laughs> and do you can really do it. Too hot. Too hot. Too hot, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Okay, we'll get, we'll get a bit of the... Are you trying to burn your child? <laughs> yeah, we'll give it a blow. Are you blowing it? She's got a horrible mark on her face now. <laughs> Right, you're gonna try it? Okay. Oh. Is that nice? As she nods. Come out, I say it's radio. Vanilla sauce. <laughs> Give it a little blow. You gonna try it? So, like right, it. Right, so. What, what, what do you think? What do you think of it? Anything else? I liked it. You liked it. Okay, what about Harry? <laughs> okay, Harry. We've made a banana bread pudding, and I want you to give it a try. Uh, okay? Um, I don't want to try it. It's fine. It. It's not like key lime pie. Right, give it a go. You ready? Anyway, what do you think? Just Chew it, bite it. Those people in the background. Um. What do you think? I kind of like it. You um, kind of like it? Yeah, because I like the banana um, taste, and I like it. So like like the the I just have to pause that second and say, I think I may have given my child too big a mouthful. Because <laughs> he can hardly speak. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he likes the badana. Yeah. yeah, it's actually quite nice. I like it. It's like taste. I don't like the flavour to it. You do. Okay, that's good. Winner. Okay, we'll have some more of that then. There you go. John Tarot there. Thank you very much for your... Uh food critic nature i like the flavor of it excellent so as you, um, as you push more in his face yeah you know he enjoyed it and, and actually i i really enjoyed it as well i thought it was really good i think so there's a reason why you liked it why because it had got about a pint and a half of cream in it well yeah you got um you got 500 milliliters of cream 500 milliliters of milk you got goodness knows how much sugar um pretty sure bananas that are in there as well seven eggs it was a you know good old mixture but several of you had a go at making it as well so uh well done for that and uh, we're going to come up with another one really we are so you have two weeks and it's up on the website now i've go to disneybrit.com you have two weeks to make the carrot cake cookie that you find in the writer's stop at hollywood studios so these are two carrot cake cookies with a cream cheese filling in the centre squished together to make one carrot cake cookie. Before you move on... Yeah. How did you make your custard? Oh, I didn't. What? I didn't make the custard, we just bought custard. That, that's cheating. I forgot to buy corn flour, so I thought, ah, oh, it'd be fine. Well, just oh. not. <laughs> so did you buy just a... a a tub of custard just, or one of those just, carton things? Tub, yeah, just a tub of custard. So you probably were lazy. Yeah, well, it wasn't that I didn't want to make it. I was going to make it, and then I realised I hadn't got the corn flour. At another point, I was like, I'm not going back out again now. It's snowing, I think it was at the time. I'm going to have a quick look on the website. Oh, you haven't even put any photos on No, we yet. haven't put it up yet. That needs to go up. But, um, yeah, no, I didn't make the custard. Well, I'll tell you what. I made the custard from scratch, yeah. following the recipe as best I could. Yeah. I got the pint of heavy cream. Yes. And half the amount in milk. Yeah. However, I decided not to put vanilla extract in. I Fair put enough. vanilla in. Right. So you put As in vanilla in pod. Yeah. I split the pod and dumped that in the thing, boiled it up for a bit. The next part of the ingredients, 
nine tablespoons of sugar. I know, that was ridiculous. It was bizarre. Right, so you got that all boiling up, and when you're doing that, you then make the egg yolks and the cornflour paste. Yeah. Well, what was it? It was it was about six or seven egg yolks. And Something like that. This cornstarch, which made it into a big, thick paste, and then you, you poured your hot cream into your eggs, which instantly turned it into a scrambled egg. Oh, okay. And you still ate it? Oh, yeah. That much cream and eggs. You have to. Otherwise, you're in big, big trouble for wasting. <laughs> but my uh, my custard wasn't rich and smooth and creamy. It was more lumpy. Yes, lumpy and, and eggy. Interesting. It was still tasty. Don't get us wrong. No, I, did it, sure it, I had it for the next four, sure four days. Great, but um, I can't. <laughs> I can't believe you went scrambled egg. No, we just bought custard. I'm sorry, I did cheat. I apologise. Yeah, okay, can't... did you actually make the bread and butter? Yeah, bit? I made the bread and butter bit. I actually made that. Yeah, I, I genuinely did. I spent a long time trying to work out how many croissants I thought I needed in order to make it. <laughs> did I decided you take a cup. I eight croissants I used in the end. All right. Yeah, well, they were kind of smallish ones, but eight ones. Um. So that's banana bread pudding, and I say carrot cake cookies. Go over to uh, disneybook.com. You will find over at Writer's Stop the carrot cake cookies that you're going to have a go at making. So two weeks to do that. Get baking, people. Um, just while I think about it now, um, no, actually, it's fine. Ignore me. Don't worry. Uh, I will. I'll try to do. <laughs> I'll do my best thought, usually. And I've changed my mind. So uh, what we're going to do now is going to take another very quick break. When we return... Uh, we're going to hear from Jeff Heimbuck. He's going to talk to us all about uh, his work and the things that he's been doing uh, with Roly Crump and all of the other bits and pieces and the books that he's created. We shall be back in a second. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523 That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845-226-8523 Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Hey, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and when I'm in Britain, I listen to the Disney Brit Podcast.
Okay then, let's move on. It's time to talk to our special guest for this show. His name is Jess Heimbuck. He has been a writer for some time now, working on some great books. He's been working on a new book, which we're going to talk about, which is The Main Street Windows. But also he had the opportunity to write a book with Roly Crump. And we're going to talk to him about his uh, Community Core podcast and all those different pieces that he's done. So we want to welcome Jeff to the show. And I let we might as well get straight into it straight away and ask you, what was it like working with Roly Crump? It was like a dream come true for me before you even finished asking. Like the word yes was already out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the next thing I knew, I was booking a, a flight to fly out to California. And I spent like a week and a half with him and his wife. And then a book came out of it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it was really that simple. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm... Anyone can do it. Why aren't you guys doing it? <laughs> so you, how, where, how did you say so you sat down with Roller Crump and just basically went, right, we're going to write a book? Um, basically, yeah. I mean, I, we, I went to his house. They uh, graciously allowed me to stay with them for the week. And every day, all we would do was sit and have a conversation. Right. And I had my my recorder, and I recorded everything. And from there, you know, I just took all the stories and had to cobble it together into a linear narrative, mm-hmm. which was much harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was totally worth it. And then, so it's it's a kind of a cute story, which is uh, obviously by Roller Crump, but I was told by you, kind of goes through Roller Crump's career with Disney and all of the, the developments in all the work that he basically did. Yes, yeah, Disney and all of his work uh, outside of Disney as well. And was there any any stories in there that you kind of were really surprised at? Something that he said, you were like, oh, you know, I would never have imagined that was something that Roller would have done. Or it wasn't more. It wasn't really about stuff that he had done. It's more about his reaction to, yeah. to hit the things that he has done. Yeah. Like he still doesn't understand why this artwork that he did as a job, you know, sixty years ago, fifty years ago, yeah. is so immensely popular, and why all these people are clamoring to meet him. Like even now, I mean, it's been three years uh, or so, or two years since the book came out, and yeah. people are like you know they they can't talk when they go when they meet him for the first time because they're sort of like starstruck and he doesn't understand that he doesn't get it he still doesn't understand the impact that all of these things that people had or that had on an effect on people's lives as they were growing up yeah i think for him you know it was a job wasn't it and i think for all the imagineers it was a job that they were asked to do walt said to them you know i want you to do this job for me and they kind of said, yeah, that's fine, not a problem. But yeah. none of them kind of did it because they expected themselves to be famous or, or expected that to suddenly become sort of sort of legend in the eyes of Disney fans. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's kind of more so the case now because, you know, Imagineers are so uh, accessible to us as fans and, yeah. you know, they're all striving to be the next great uh, guard of Imagineers. Yeah. But, you know, back then in the beginning, they had no idea it was going to be this long-lasting and had this effect on people. So he's like, why do you care about a drawing that I did on a piece of paper? 50 years ago yeah yeah exactly and and i suppose that's a quite a, a big thing to get used to and and some imagineers i suppose have taken it in the stride you think of people like marty scalar who now is you know kind of an ambas- ambassador for the imagineering uh department um but yeah i suppose roly was always the kind of person was he that that didn't necessarily want the limelight yeah exactly exactly i mean he still doesn't want it to be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't have a choice anymore (laughs) nope when a man comes up with something like museums for the weird then it becomes the haunted mansion and becomes one of the best attractions known to man uh then he's got some answering to do hasn't he (laughs) and he can't sit there quietly um yeah yeah so a book was obviously popular uh and uh that led you on to what was basically your second book do you want to explain a little bit about what you've done now on your own uh, with the Main Street Windows? Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Um, 
So we do a segment on Camino Crow Weekly called The Window of the Week, where I'll take one of the mainstream windows and, you know, and I'll read what it says and I'll explain who the person was that it's honoring yeah. and like what kind of like inside joke about them there is. Mm-hmm. And as I was writing all those segments and going along, I was like, why is there no master list of uh, all, all these windows and the people that they honor? Mm. Um, you can go to Disneyland. You can ask for you know a list of the windows, and they'll give it to you. But it is vastly out of date. Most of the, the names and the s- descriptions on the windows are wrong. Uh, some of the biographies are wrong. Yeah. And I was like, someone really needs to do this. And the more I was looking into it, um, the more I realized nobody's going to do this unless I do this. Um, and it was just something I was kind of passionate about. I mean, uh, it's kind of a cute story. It was my way to pay tribute to Rolly uh, in a lot of ways and, yeah. you know, just to thank him for the things he had done. So the, the Main Street Windows uh, book is my way of thanking everyone that has contributed to the Disney parks over the years and kind of getting their story out there a little mm-hmm. bit because no one had done that before. Um, there is, or there was, I should say, a book that came out five years ago, and it was like 30 pages long. It had yeah. like... 30 windows in it yeah. of just the, the stateside parks. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't an in-depth look at all the windows of all the parks all over the world, and I really wanted that to happen, so I kind of took it upon myself to make that happen. It's a very good point, because it's unless you're a Disney fan, you don't quite get what these windows all mean, and we did a, a good few years ago now. Um, we went, we actually did a, an audio tour of Main Street USA in Disneyland Paris and went through all of the windows and explained what all of those windows meant. We never actually wrote it down. And that's a very good point. That I, you know, Why didn't you? Why did you never write it down? We did it like, through an audio book, but never actually wrote it down. Yeah. Like one of the things that I'd, I'd started to do a few years ago, and it's one of these projects which I started, and arguably someone else is going to do it before I get to finish it. And I don't want to say too much about it, but I wanted to find out about the windows on Main Street. And I said to my friend Chris, I said, oh, um, I'm researching the windows on Main Street. He said, oh, well, I've got a book. And I went online, I saw the book, and I thought, because if you go on Amazon, you've got a, a photograph of the front cover. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be brilliant. So he said, I'll send it to you. And I was thinking, oh, it's going to cost me a fortune in postage. And when it turned up, it's essentially, it's like a pamphlet. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And uh, I was like, flick through it. And, well, I've, I've, I've actually got it in front of my hand because I've, I've never actually um, given them back. That was <laughs> a few years ago. Um, but there's, there's literally two or three sentences about each person. And I was like, well... There's, there's so much more information about everybody, which yeah. I'm glad that someone else has managed to do that. You know, it, I was kind of afraid at first to do it because of that book. And I actually, I reached out to the author of that one. I said, hey, this is what I want to do. And he gave me his blessing. He was like, you know, go ahead. That's what I wanted to do to begin with. And I didn't get a chance to. So I hope somebody else can do it. Hmm. So um, I, I'm very thankful that he allowed or gave me his blessing to do so because I would have felt weird about it uh, had I not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, if I write a book about the windows on Main Street, is that be all right? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, if you want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do 302 pages. 302. You know, the second edition has got to come out because the day the book came out, they added two windows oh. at Disneyland. And I was so upset. Um <laughs> But when Hong Kong opens, I'm not, not Hong Kong. I'm sorry. When Shanghai Disneyland opens, um, I'm I'm definitely going to have to do a, a second edition with all the other windows that are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it's absolutely right fascinating, and I'll, I'll agree. It's it's like, it's like the credits and sort of saying thank you to all the people who've done all the hard work over the years. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I you know it's it's amazing to me that um, you know the two parks here in the states. It was 
easier, I guess, to find information about the people on the windows just because, um, you know, those parks are older and they've, they've been around a long time, so yeah. it's much easier to research these people. But all the overseas parks, the ones that you guys are used to going to, it is so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. to find information on everyone yeah i wound up like going on you know linkedin and like other business websites and finding people that were on the windows and asking them what they did in the most respectful way possible and then <laughs> they were kind enough to um you know put me in contact with other people or say oh yeah i know so and so they did this 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 and this so they really like helped me along with their with the research uh for those other parks excellent good it's, it's, it's good when sort of the people who work for disney that we as fans sort of idolize in a way are so down to earth. The, yeah. The amount, the amount of people that we've talked to over the years that you think, oh my, oh my oh, I don't want to say anything too scary here, but when you, when you get someone on the show and it's like, oh, do you, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? And they're like, sure. You know, it's, I'm just doing my job. It's, yeah. It's, it's nothing big. It's like, it's like when I'm, I'm a sign writer as a job, when I'm sticking stickers on people's van, people go, oh, wow, it's Alan Hooper. You know, he put stickers on my van. I love him, really. <laughs> well, it's, it's, we had uh, Nick Ranieri on the last episode talking about uh, the work that he'd done on, on Aladdin and Lion King and all that sort of stuff. And he was just talking about it so matter-of-factly. And we were, you know, it was kind of like, you know, this is, this is massive. The work that you did is amazing. And it's the fact that like, people quite often are just kind of think, well, it's just, it was my job it was, at the time, I was told. This is what yeah. you need to do. This is what I was paid it. to do. Yeah, I exactly. had to do it. <laughs> it's amazing to think that look what's happened, you know, and the, and the the kind of folklore they've left behind, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a mythical uh, organization. Imagineering is now, yeah, and it really it's amazing is. how many of them are so down to earth and accessible and like willing to talk to people about the yeah. things they've done. Yeah, yeah. It's very true, uh, and more and more, you know, they, they're, they're reaching out to the fan community. I think since the the birth of D twenty three. You know, it, it's become even more accessible than it was before, and I think that's mm-hmm. massive. Absolutely. So, so you've got your two books. They're both available on Amazon, aren't they, at the moment, I believe? Yes. You can get them in the UK and you can get them in the US. Um, but also, let's talk a little bit about Communicore Weekly. How did this come about? Um, well, George, and I, George, my co-host, yeah. and I had been friends for a while. Uh, I had been reading his Disney website for, I don't know, probably two years, and we kind of struck up a friendship. And it was about the same time that all these, you know, podcasts were becoming a thing and it was very easy to do. And we were like, well, we could do a podcast. I mean, we like Disney. How, how hard could it be? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we made the mistake of calling it Communicore Weekly, which meant we had to do it every single week, not realizing how much uh, work it was going to be all the time. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, it was just basically born out of our love of and now theme parks because we cover a lot of theme parks in general now too and Mm -hmm. we just kind of wanted to make it unique and showcase you know everyone's talents i mean that's why we have george's brother and his writing partner do all the music for the show just to showcase their musical abilities and you know we have the most random uh segments like the bathroom break where we talk about a bathroom of of the disney theme parks um (laughs) nobody does weird stuff like that so we kind of took it upon ourselves to be that quirky snarky podcast that's out there (laughs) Sounds good to yeah. me. And I, I, want, I want a definition of the term snarky because I've heard a lot of American people mention snarky and I'm like, what is snarky? Is that what we call, <laughs> is that what we, we call sarky? Uh, snarky is uh, respectfully sarcastic, yeah. question mark, that's, sort of. That's the one, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's right, okay. Right. So, so I, I was nearly there with my sarcasm bit, so. Close enough, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's close enough. But you've so kept it respectable. That's been going out since yeah. 2012. So you're in your third year now of that. 
Uh, fourth year we fourth just started, year. actually. Okay, uh, year, wow. We just, uh, as of the, we're recording right this episode right now, we yeah. just released episode 160. Okay. Um, and that's in addition to, like, all the additional, we do things called, like, 0.5 episodes where, yeah. where it doesn't fit in somewhere else, interviews. So I think we have, like, almost 185 episodes overall wow. at this point. You see, that's what happens when you do it weekly. As we don't do it weekly, we've been going six yeah. years and we've done 155. So Man, that <laughs> weekly thing is just, it kills us sometimes. Yeah. We're like, what are we going to do this week? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you can come up with something. It'll be absolutely fine. Don't panic. It'll all be all right. Yeah, yeah. When, when you, that's when what you we do every week, but... When you look at all the podcasts that are on iTunes, the American Disney podcasts are nearly always weekly. Yeah. And the British yes. ones tend to be every two weeks. That, that just says it all. We, we, we like doing it, but we, we want a break. We're a bit lazy. Listen, yeah. if I can go back in time and name it Communicore Bi-Weekly, I'm totally, <laughs> I would be down for that. Yeah. Too late now. Um, so, okay, so you can find that. Uh, web address is communicoreweekly.com. Is that right? Uh, yeah, communicalweekly.com, you can find, we post the video version and links to uh, the audio there, but you can also find the video version on livefastdiepoor.com. We just recently changed where we're hosting the uh, the video portion of the podcast. Okay, there we go. So uh, you can go over and check those out. So Jeff's books and the Communicore Weekly, you can go and enjoy those. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Jeff. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. We're going to keep you for the rest of the show. You That's fine. I don't plan on going anywhere. That's fine. You're not going to escape just yet. We're going to take a very <laughs> quick break, and then we are going to look at Disney's Ultimate Attraction. Oh, no, we're not, because I've just completely broken this. Now we are. <laughs> For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's Orlando or call 0845-226-8523. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Okay, it's time for us to celebrate Disney attractions and we are going to go to the next round of Disney's Ultimate Attraction where we've been asking you to vote over the past couple of weeks on your favourite Disney attraction by pairing up against each other and they're going to go through to the next round. So we've got four pairs for you this week. We've got Jedi Training Academy, that's coming up against Wilderness Lodge. Then we've got Disney's Dinosaur versus Main Street Electrical Parade. The Seas with Nemo and Friends versus Muppet Vision 3D and Kilimanjaro Safaris versus Mission Space. So they're your four there that you've been voting on this week. So let's start off then with the first of our four. Um, what we got? Jedi Training Academy versus Wilderness Explorers. Sir Alan, start us off. Sir Alan, I love that. Sir Alan, start us off. <laughs> well, no problem, Lord Adam Goodyear. Um, we've got a choice of, what was it? 
Yeah, what, what was it? You weren't listening, were you? Uh, no. It's, called, <laughs> it's Jedi called Training Trey. Academy versus Wilderness Explorers. Right, okay. And this is probably going to be very unpopular. Go on. I'm not a Star Wars person. I've never seen the films. I don't really this. get that sort of thing. So that's basically saying it all for me straight away. However, I will go on to the Wilderness Explorer thing. Animal Kingdom, my favourite park. I love the concept of being able to explore at the Animal Kingdom. I've never done the Wilderness Explorers yet, yep. but I think I'm going to love it. Okay. So, Jeff, out of these two, which one would you choose? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go with Wilderness Explorers also, just because, again, uh, Animal Kingdom is my favorite park as well. Full day yep. park, without a doubt. Um, and, and along the same lines, I've never been the hugest fan of the Star Wars films, so definitely Wilderness Explorers. What is going on here? I'm being ganged Excellent. up on by Amazon. You are Star being Wars. ganged up on, I'm sorry. But equally, I'm going for Wilderness Explorers as well, because Jedi Training Academy, the thing is, with the, the, the problem with Jedi Training Academy is it's selective. There's only so many children that can do Jedi Training Academy at any one time, and you could go to the park four days in a row, put your hand up for every performance, and in theory, still not get picked to take part. So it's a limited experience. And it's one of those things that I think kind of can make or break a child's experience at Disney World, whether or not they get chosen for Jedi Training Academy. And I know people in the past who have kind of pushed their kids to go forward and do it, and they've tried desperately, and they've sort of kind of planned their entire day around whether or not they're going to get to Jedi Training Academy. Whereas Wilderness Explorers, again, is for the same age group, but it's open to absolutely everybody, and it's a really very kind of clever use of the film up uh, in the sense that they get the booklet when they come in they can go around the parks whenever they see a, an explorer station they can go and they can take part it's very interactive it's very educational you know i did some of the stuff with harry and learned stuff as well uh which was really really good and i know um when chris took his children uh, who's the ex-host of the show um they completed the entire booklet in one day because they were so into what they were doing we only probably did five or six of the activities but we can take the brought the book home with us we can take it back next time continue doing it until we collect all of the stickers so um, for me, it's Wilderness Explorers. And do you know what? If we'd have gone Jedi Training Academy between the three of us, we would have knocked Wilderness Explorers out. But as we've all gone for Wilderness Explorers, it goes through and we say goodbye to Jedi Training Academy. It doesn't make it through to the next round. Excellent. Which I don't know whether we say is sad or not. Probably not. Okay, so <laughs> on to our next one then. It's Dinosaur versus Main Street Electrical Parade. Jeff, start us off on this one. You know, Dinosaur gets a lot of flack for not being the best ride ever. Um, so my gut says to go for that, but I'm, I'm going to go with Main Street Electrical Parade because I, I love that parade. Uh, I can't wait for it to come back in some form at Disneyland. So definitely Main Street Electrical Parade. So you got Main Street Electrical Parade. Alan? Hmm. I like the Main Street Electrical Parade. I preferred Spectrum Magic. Right. That's, that's my viewpoint on those things. Um, but Dinosaur, you know, it's in my favourite park, I've already said that, um, and I could ride it several times. I think, obviously, the, the history behind it is the fact that it's the same um, indie ride, but with a different overlay, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That they've got over at California, so I, would, I think I'd be happy with that ride concept, no matter what was in it. But, as it's in Animal Kingdom, it makes it even better, so I'm going to choose the ride over the, the watch, so the light dinosaur. bulbs. Yeah, uh, Main Street Electrical, I like I like it, but I'm the same as you, Alan. Spectrum Magic for me every single time. I, in fact, I'd even put Fantillusion in front of Main Street Electrical Ooh. Parade. 
I know that's probably a bit of a contentious issue. But um, Main Street Electrical I like, but it's it's it is. I know it's the original. I was going to say it's the classic, but I do like Dinosaur, and I do like taking people on Dinosaur who hate it or have never been on it or have no idea what to experience. I have an amazing photo of my dad holding on for dear life. Uh, my wife and my son cowering from uh, the Connor tour right at the very end, uh, and it's hysterical. <laughs> um, so I'm going dinosaur as well. So it looks like we're all going dinosaur, but sadly, doesn't help it. Main Street Electrical Parade goes through. They've all <gasps> voted for Main Street Electrical, See? so we say goodbye to did, dinosaur. I'm really surprised. I must did the Main Street Electrical Parade um, sort of leave Walt Disney World to go to California? Yeah. And then did it come back? And they came back, and it's currently they came back. Yeah, it's currently at Disney World. So, is there any plans of it going back to California? Not at the minute, because they've just had the—is it the Paint the Night Parade? Is it called Paint the Night? Is that the yeah, one Paint announced? the Night, which I am way psyched about. It I looks mean, it looks amazing. It's incredible. Forget anything else. Just put Light Up Mac down Main Street for me. I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> anything else? Just that Light Up Mac is amazing. Um, so yeah, Main Street Electrical Parade's through, and Dinosaur goes out. So we say goodbye to that. Um, okay, moving on then. It's the seas with Nemo and friends. So for those of you who don't know, this is the ride at the beginning. It's not the entire pavilion. Just when you sit in that purple clamshell and you go through into Seabass Alpha, um, and that's coming up against Muppet Vision 3D. Um, right, I'm going to start off on this one. I'm a big Muppet fan. I love the Muppets. Uh, I love Muppet Vision 3D. It's probably one of my. F- it, I could almost be my favourite attraction in in Hollywood Studios. Um, because of just how clever it is and how very Muppet-like it is. Um, It it holds quite a dear place in a lot of people's heart because it was the last thing that Jim Henson directed before he died. And that kind of makes it quite special as well. Um, That comes up against the seas with Nemo and Friends. Uh, The Musion technology to get the characters in the water is clever. But... Is it clever enough for me not to come up against something like Muppet Vision 3D? Because there is, it's not just the attraction. It's the pre-show, which is so clever. It's all the hidden little secrets within the um, kind of wall art and the queue areas you come in. It's even, you know, the clever nature of things like when he comes through the back wall at the end in the fire truck and the scene bit outside is actually what it looks like outside the back of the theatre if you were to walk through the stage. Um, you know, those little hidden details that exist in that that don't exist within uh, Season with Nemo and Friends. So for me, Muppet Vision wins uh, hands down without a shadow of a cha- uh, doubt. Alan? Um, I've got to say that I think the final Nemo... I can't really say Season with Nemo and Friends... Yeah is very very clever you can't argue that no. the the brightness of the characters in the sort of the natural sea environment is amazing yeah. it's it's absolutely fantastic um t- totally blew me away the first time i saw it and particularly the um i think it's she called peach the starfish yes um at the end where she's stuck on the wind sc- window yeah absolutely clever. brilliant how, how that works it's very very clever however my my issue would be with the original epcot version of um, the Living Seas. I think it was amazing when that first was around, but now it looks so dark and dull. The, okay. the, I think when you've got all these tropical marine fish that are computer generated, yeah, against the real fish in the background, you don't really see them. Okay, but fair enough. They, 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 might, they might as well have just put a full projection of the full, as well the full computer generated sea background there. You know, it, it doesn't have to be the real sea behind it. Mm. Um. And as you're saying about Muppets, the amount of sort of details, which is, I love the details on all the all Disney parks, that's what gets me. So I prefer the concept of Muppet Vision 
believe it or not, as a whole than sees with Nemo and Friends as just the technology. Okay, fair enough. Jeff? Uh, basically what you just said about, I mean, I miss the old school Epcot version of the seas. I love that ride so much. And I think when Nemo moved in, it just kind of took away from the actual learning experience and all that of the original ride. And I'm a massive Muppet fan. And especially since they took it out, uh, Muppet Vision out here. Uh, yeah. Uh, to replace it with the Frozen thing. I miss it so much. I'm, I'm definitely voting with Muppet Vision 3D, without a doubt. All I have to say for, for uh, the Seas is one thing. Hydrolators. Yes. Say no more. I love the Hydrolators. <laughs> they were the best. Anymore, do we? They were great. Um, like, if, if, if you see people go through the, the Seas Pavilion now, yeah. they literally go on the Nemo ride, and they're, right, they're looking for their exit. Yes, and they, they never go up the escalators to see no. the sort of the, the fish tanks got and the talk up there as well. And we saw them yeah. feeding stingrays last time we were there, which was which was amazing. the manatee pools. And yeah. you know, it's it's just bizarre how this go right. There's Nemo. Right, let's get out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a real shame that that that's kind of that former Epcot element that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there kids I think are sorely missing the the whole great. Uh, edutainment aspect of, of that uh, yeah. pavilion nowadays since Nemo moved in. And it's unfortunate, but um, I mean, it, it still has shadows and of its former self in there. You just have to really look for it. So yeah. Muppet Vision's going through then because pretty much everybody else voted for Muppet Vision other than six people who wanted to stay with the seas. So and I want to know those six people are and I'm going to come around and visit them personally and beat them <laughs> the frying pan that is owned by Rapunzel. Right, okay. So last pairing then is Kilimanjaro Safaris versus Mission... What's going on with me tonight? Versus Mission Space. So Kilimanjaro's in Animal Kingdom, Mission Space in Epcot. Jeff, go on, start us off. Without a doubt, Kilimanjaro. Um, I, again, my favorite park, Animal Kingdom. I love Kilimanjaro Safari. I think it's awesome. Uh, the story may not be what it used to be when the park originally opened, but I still think it's a great safari attraction. Hmm. Um, actually, for a more personal reason, I actually grew up going to Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, and there was a safari there that you drove through in your own car. So it reminds me a lot of that, too, just way more awesome. Uh, so without a doubt, Kilimanjaro. Okay. Kilimanjaro Safaris. Alan, I'm guessing you're going Kilimanjaro on this. Well, just to mess things up, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, um, I, don't think, I, I still don't think you've ridden Mission Space, have you? I, I did do Mission Space. <laughs> Actually, when I did Mission Space, I had the option to do the the non-moving version or the the scary version. Yeah. And I said to myself, I have to do the scary version because otherwise I'm never going to experience it. You know, I'm not going to do the ride tw twice. No. However, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, no, it's, it's not. The thing is, they hand out the cards at the beginning and hype everybody up into this yeah. scary ride that's going to kill you. And the truth is, it's not going to. That, that was one of the things. I don't know if you can remember when the ride first opened. Well, when the, when the ride first opened, first of all, the Disney released pin badges. Yeah. Right? And there was a countdown pin badge range for five days before the attraction opened. That's right. So it was like counting down to, and then on the opening day, and it was like, there's loads of hype about the, the ride. And then there was articles written online about how the manufacturers of the ride hadn't agreed to the final tweaks that Disney did on the ride and the spinning could kill people and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, is that all spin? No pun intended. By um, by Disney to hype it up as even more of an attraction. Hmm. But um, the, the, the other best bit about that ride is when you come off the ride and you're walking around that circular corridor around the outside of the space capsules... 
everybody is walking into the side of wall. They've already got this sort of like dizzy, drunk walk going on, <laughs> sort of leaning into the left. Um, but yeah, the safaris to me has to win because again, Animal Kingdom, same as Jeff's reason there, and the, the, the just the seamlessness of putting the animals in different areas and and the vehicles around it without having big cages in yeah. between you and the animals. Yes, I agree. Um, well. Everyone else agrees too, and I agree. Kilimanjaro Safaris for me does win, um, without a shadow of a doubt. It's it's such a clever attraction in the sense that we we don't know. We, oh, oh, you know, with the animals segregated, but we don't know how, and we can't see how a lot of the time. Um, it is a little bit of a shame that we lost the story of Big Red and Little Red and Wilson and the helicopter and all those bits and pieces. Wilson's gone. Um, Wilson's now gone. Wilson Never. is gone. Yeah, you don't get Wilson interrupting anymore. And we, you know, we don't get that African plane music coming in like we used to. And also, a lot of that has now Aww. gone, uh, which I think is a real shame um, that it's lost a little bit. I can understand why they've done it. I see why they've done it. And there's still that little bit of drama, I suppose, when you're going over the rickety bridge with the crocodiles below. But um, for me, it's not the same as it used to be. And I think it's a shame that we've lost some of those elements. But equally, at the same time, I like Mission Space, I enjoy it. But it's one of those attractions I can't often have to do on my own because nobody else will do it because they're all too scared and, uh, you know. <laughs> so it's, uh, I have to go and do it by myself. Or if anybody will come and do it, they'll only come and do the wimpy version. So I don't get to do the proper version. And mm. again, in a, in a similar way to kind of Jedi Training Academy, it's an attraction that kind of is only so many select people can do it because there's been so much hype about it and they've scared so many people about it half the country won't go on it anymore so uh, whereas everyone does Kilimanjaro Safaris together and it's a really great experience and it's a, a fantastically long ride to get out of it there's a really heavy rainstorm as I discovered in the summer um, <laughs> when we got on and it literally pelted it down the whole time we were on it uh, and we stayed reasonably dry and then we got off the other side and it was still pelting it down we got wet then instead but um, I'm going Kilimanjaro Safaris as have most of you so Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro Safaris is through so that means going out this week is Jedi Training Academy Dinosaur The Seas with Nemo and Friends and Mission Space which means The Wilderness Explorers Main Street Electrical Parade Muppet Vision 3D and Kilimanjaro Safaros goes through <laughs> That's it. Safaros. Safaros, I know. <laughs> Safaris. I'm tired. I'm really, I've had such a long week. Um, so they all go through, which is excellent news. Um, and then we will uh, come up to our next pairings, which are already up on the website. Uh, they're up on Facebook, actually. If you go to Facebook and you can go and vote on the four that we've got for next week as well. So go and check those out. And in two weeks' time, we will go through what you voted for this time and find out who goes through to the next round once again. So uh, there you go. I think it's that... Is that the whole show? We've done it. Wow, that was that. good. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Not, not good work, everyone. Good work. Well done. You can all have a <laughs> break now. So if it's uh, if it's the end of the show, it means it's time for because every show needs a little bit of frozen. Okay, so uh, thank you all for joining us. We need to uh, thank Jeff for joining us. So thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, no problems. Of course, you can go to Amazon. You can find his books over there, uh, The Main Street Windows, and, of course, uh, the book with Rolly Crump. And, of course, uh, don't forget Community Call Weekly. Thanks to our sponsors, as always, uh, to Scoot Orlando for Scooter Vacations at scootorlando.com and orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. You can go and get all your Orlando-based attraction tickets from there, and they're lovely people, I promise. They really, really are. 
Uh, don't forget, you can go over to our Facebook page and you can uh, send us likes, comments, the whole lot over there and to join in with all the interaction that's going on over on our Facebook page. Uh, you can particularly... Uh, join the polls and all that sort of stuff and uh, take part in everything that goes on over there it's facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit podcast you can of course follow us on Twitter as well it's at Disney Brit and do forget, don't forget to review us on iTunes um, can I pause the audio quite, there yeah, go on, you, what, what I know you're going to run out of music so you're going to have to stop it on, wait, stop wait, the music what, stop the what, show what are you doing? <laughs> we haven't set a question for tomorrow's child we haven't set a question for tomorrow's child you're dead um, right Set and we question. did the same thing last week, we and did. that's why there's no Tomorrow's Child you this week. You are dead right. Set a question. Alan Hooper, go. So the question is, if you've woke up in Disney World or Disney Flo- Disneyland Paris or wherever, a yeah. Disney park, what is the first thing that you want to do in the morning? So that's to your children for Tomorrow's Child. When you wake up in Disney World, Disneyland Paris, Disneyland California, whatever, uh, what is the first thing you want to do in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, send it to radio at disneybrit.com where you can send all of your comments and your suggestions and all those sort of things as well. So that's absolutely fine. And leaves us with nothing else to say. If you want to contact us, say hi and leave us a message. The number is 01212882748. We will be back in two weeks' time with some more irrelevant humour and Disney silliness. So until then, we'll see ya. Everybody, <laughs> that was swell!